It's important to remember the interconnectedness that is central to our Christian faith. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three persons in one Godhead. It's a mystery that's central to our faith. The church is also connected to Christ, which means that we are never truly alone. Remember that the Spirit delighted in mankind from the beginning. The Spirit helps the Lord do great things through us, and the Spirit ensures that we are truly connected to them all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, Cycle C of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired word of God. But to really be nourished by the word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you. But you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else. And that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready... Let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, Cycle C. Our first reading is from Proverbs, it's chapter 8, verses 22 through 31. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, it's chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And our gospel reading is is from John. It's chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. Just a couple things to note. First, we do have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. Proverbs is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while the letter to the Romans is from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture, as is our Gospel reading. Now, tonight we'll see that wisdom seems kind of fun. Boasting is okay, sometimes. And Jesus left us a guide. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from the book of Proverbs. Thus says the wisdom of God, The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth, when there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth, before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth. I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world, and delighting in mankind. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. And our Gospel reading is from John. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Let's take a first glance at these readings and we'll ask ourselves, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of Proverbs. And in this reading, we hear wisdom described as being an almost playful companion of the Creator. And it's all about how wisdom was with God from the very beginning. In fact, wisdom was there before all the rest of creation, before the the seas or the mountains or any of the, the dust of the earth. Wisdom was there before any of it was created. Wisdom was even there when God set the heavens in place. So what is what is wisdom? Well, just as the word is synonymous with Jesus, the church teaches that wisdom is synonymous with the Holy Spirit. So when we read that wisdom helped in the creation of the world, we understand that it was the Holy Spirit. We understand that it was the Holy Spirit that rejoiced and delighted in mankind, delighted when God created people. Now, elsewhere, Scripture tells us that in the beginning was the Word. Do you remember hearing that? In the beginning was the Word. So when we put all of it together, we begin to understand the nature of the Trinity. We know that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, which means that Jesus, the Word, must have been present from the beginning. The implication is that wisdom, the Word, and the Creator, the the Spirit, the Son, and the Father were all there when the universe began, and, and they were all delighted with creation, which includes humankind, which includes each of us. So how cool is that? So the main message I got from our gospel reading, is, or from our, uh, our first reading, is that the Spirit delighted in mankind from the beginning. You know, we talk a lot about how God loves us and how Jesus came to redeem us from sin and offer us salvation. And we also talk about the Holy Spirit being active in the world today, helping to guide the church and, and those of us who are working to be true disciples of Christ. But it's something else to think of the Spirit 
going about its mission with pure joy, rejoicing in creation. It's amazing to realize that the Spirit delighted in mankind from the beginning. Our second reading was from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. And in this reading, we see that, again this idea of peace being linked to Jesus. So Paul explains that we have access to God's grace through Jesus, which allows us to experience peace with God. Now, at that point, Paul writes, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. That, that's an easy line to just rush past and completely overlook, but it's a concept that's important to Paul, and it's one that appears throughout his letters. In other places, though, Paul criticizes the people for their boasting, particularly when they boast about their knowledge and their understanding of God. There are also places where Paul is defending himself from accusations that he had been boasting, and he explains that he had not been actually boasting. And yet here Paul says directly, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. If he's so against boasting, then what's that all about? Well, you have to read on to connect the dots. And, and they all, they're all very connected. They're very interconnected. Paul goes on to basically talk about the human condition. Most of us will go through times of suffering. And it's these experiences that can teach us resilience. It's how we learn to keep going, to keep moving ahead. Paul says our suffering produces perseverance, which produces character. And having a good character produces hope, which takes us back to what St. Paul boasted about. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. And then he clarifies something when he says, Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Right? Who, who gave the Spirit to us? Jesus. So especially after persevering through hardships, hope is something we can experience because of God's love, which was poured into our hearts by the Spirit. So when Paul says, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. He's not boasting about what he's done. He's boasting about what God has done in and through him. You can see the difference if you think about certain people today. There are many people who say, I've done these great things because of the Lord, or I've achieved all of this because I have faith in God. Those are boasts. And, and it's that kind of boasting that St. Paul warns us against. But then there are those people who say, you know, the Lord has worked miracles for me, or God has done some amazing things through me. Now, those people are boasting about what God has done. They're boasting in the hope of the glory of God. And there's a world of difference there. The main message I got from our second reading is that we must share the great things the Lord has done. Let's face it, you can't build the kingdom and bring people to Christ if you don't talk about real-life stuff. But we can't fall into the trap of boasting in the wrong way, which is really, it's what the concept of the prosperity gospel is all about. 
right? That if you're familiar with the prosperity gospel, that's that's the belief that everything from financial success to physical well-being, it's all rewards from God because you have faith. And because you donated to the religious organization that made you believe this ridiculousness. Oh, and, and don't forget that going out and telling all your friends to join and donate to the organization, that'll also increase your material wealth. Right? So, so go out and brag about the success you've achieved because of your faith. No, St. Paul says not to do that. But you should be boasting about what God has done. Because that's one of the main ways people learn about Jesus and decide to follow him. So we must share the great things the Lord has done. And finally, our gospel reading was from John. And in this reading, we see Jesus trying to reassure his disciples. And this reading is, is from John's farewell discourse, which recounts Jesus' final evening with his disciples. And as you can imagine, they're a bit freaked out. They don't understand why Jesus has to leave. They don't understand why he'll be taken from them, tried and executed. And they have a hard time believing what he says about, about them being scattered to the winds and going back to their homes after he's gone. But in this short excerpt from the larger narrative, Jesus is assuring the disciples. He's assuring them that he's not leaving them alone. He will send his spirit, the spirit of truth, as he puts it, to guide them into all the truth. In other words, though Jesus is almost out of time, the spirit will help them learn and understand. Of course, we know that it, it won't be until after the resurrection that the disciples actually truly begin to understand what Jesus is saying here. Uh, that's when they'll realize uh, you know, they'll need the Holy Spirit to help them more fully understand what Jesus was trying to teach them all along. In this reading, John also helps us understand the role of the Holy Spirit within the Trinity. And Jesus and the Father share all, right? Jesus said, all that belongs to the Father is mine. Jesus is sending his Spirit, and Jesus and the Spirit, they share all as well. It's the mystery of the Trinity, the, the triune God. And the importance of the Spirit is illustrated by this reading because the Spirit is basically the bond between God the Father, Jesus the Son, and all of us, the people of God. So the main message I got from our gospel reading is that Jesus left his Spirit to connect us all. It's easy to think of God as being somewhere out there, far, far away. Jesus seems a bit more real to us because he became man. But he ascended a long time ago, so he can feel far away too. And though we talk about the Spirit being active in the world today, it can still seem a bit abstract, a concept that's hard to think of in everyday terms. But when we understand that we're all connected, that together we make up the body of Christ on earth, things can start to feel a bit more concrete. So when God feels far away, try to remember that the Father, Son, and Spirit, they share all things. And Jesus left his Spirit to connect us all. 
All right, so let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Proverbs, the main message I came away with was the Spirit delighted in mankind from the beginning. In our second reading from Romans, the main message I got was we must share the great things the Lord has done. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was Jesus left his Spirit to connect us all. On Trinity Sunday, it's important for us to remember the interconnectedness that's central to our Christian faith. Our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Sanctifier, are three in one, three persons in one Godhead. Yeah, it's a difficult concept to explain. It's hard to understand on its own. But it's a mystery that's central to our faith, and it's central in more ways than one, because the church is also connected to Christ. So you and I make up the body of Christ on earth. We are connected. And because of that, we're never alone. We we need to remember that the Spirit delighted in mankind from the beginning. The, The Spirit helps the Lord do great things through us, and the Spirit ensures that we are truly connected to them all, to all each other, and to the Father, the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. So let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall and ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I like to answer two questions. So what? And now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because it's it's truly important. Because it's easy to feel alone in the world today. Even though everyone is almost hyper-connected through all of our electronic gadgets, we can still feel disconnected from others. And during this pandemic, the problem has grown worse, especially with younger people. We think of them as digital natives because they've never known life without a gadget in their hands. But studies indicate they've suffered more than most. Even with hundreds of online friends and thousands of online followers, they feel disconnected and lonely. It's important for us, and especially all of those younger Christians, to understand and believe in the power of the Spirit to truly connect us through the power of Christ. And it's important for us to understand that it's not just some mysterious, mystical connection either. It's intended to be a very real interpersonal connection as well, which means that at some level, this interconnectedness is really a calling because it requires us to take action and to play our part. And the last question I try to answer is, now what? Well, what are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, in keeping with the togetherness and oneness themes of Trinity Sunday, we need to do something to make sure that we're creating and maintaining true connections with other people. So with that in mind, here's your real challenge for the week. Connect with a young person and offer your help and support. And if you are a young person, then offer your help and support to a friend. Speaker and author Josh Shipp says that every kid is one caring adult away from being a success story. 
I would amend that slightly to say everyone is one caring relationship away from living a happier life. And it's especially true when it comes to our young people. But it's not fair to expect them to make the first move. It's, it's not reasonable to expect them to identify the support they need. So get out there, connect with a young person, and offer your help and support. Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're reaching out to connect with a young person, remember what the prophet said in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Especially during these difficult times, it's easy for young people to feel disconnected and to lose hope. We need to help them understand that they are connected to all of us and to our God by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord can do great things through them. And we're here to help them journey into a future that's truly filled with hope. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible New International Version, Copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, and 2011 by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.